From runasradio.com, you're listening to Run As Radio, the internet audio talk show for IT professionals with Richard Campbell. This is Brandon Wen announcing show number 566, Reverse DSC with guest Nick Charlebois. Recorded Tuesday, December 12th, 2017. Run As Radio is produced each week by Pwop Productions, providing professional media and podcasting services online at pwop.com. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash runasradio. Thank you, Brandon. This is Richard Campbell, and thanks for listening to Run As Radio. My guest today is Nick Charlebois, who's a Microsoft Premier Field Engineer based in Gatineau, Quebec, who specializes in SharePoint development. He's an ex-PowerShell MVP and is the author of the books Beginning PowerShell for SharePoint 2013, Beginning PowerShell for SharePoint 2016, and Expert Office 365. Nick joined the ranks of Microsoft in December of 2015 after spending over 13 years working as a public servant within several departments of the government of Canada. He is the creator and owner of Reverse DSC, a project at Microsoft and a regular speaker at various SharePoint conferences. In the true Canucks spirit, Nick is a passionate hockey player and also the head coach for his son's local hockey team. And as a French-Canadian guy, he still struggles on a daily basis with properly pronouncing his H's in English. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So the two coast Canadians, well, I guess you're not really coast, but Montreal's its own coast. <laughs> and get to know, <laughs> folks in the United States and elsewhere, they don't quite understand the whole Canadian dynamic. We're all very friendly with each other. We are. We yeah. are. We apologize a lot, but we're all friendly. Yeah. And when only the Habs are left playing in, in the Stanley Cup series, we all root for the Habs. <laughs> there you go. We actually root for any team left. That's any team, yeah. Whatever Canadian team is left, still play. Exactly. That's good. But uh, that's sort of reality with the whole thing. Now, after years of saying that reverse engineering an existing server into desired state configuration was a bad idea, you're building the library for it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't let anyone tell me what's a good or a bad ID. Absolutely. You're right. <laughs> but the conversation's been pretty sound around this. It's like, in the end, I'm trying to figure out what exactly are all the configuration settings that are relevant to a machine when it's being built. And that's a hard thing to detect as a whole. There's a lot of stuff that can be configured in any given virtual machine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's always a challenge, right? And especially my background is SharePoint. So sure. SharePoint is just a monster, right? There's so many moving targets. If you can solve for SharePoint, almost anything else is easier. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. That's that's what I told myself when I first started work on that project. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. So, and just to give you a bit of background there, the idea was when I, I first joined Microsoft back in late 2015, the, uh, the PC role, as you know, is really reactive, right? So we can get a sure. phone call on Saturday from my boss saying, you know what, one of our clients just had a major problem with their servers. They're expecting you on site tomorrow, Sunday. Book your tickets, yep. take the flight, you're going to Vancouver to fix the problem, right? And to be honest, PFEs are some of my favorite guests of all time on Run As. There you go. Because this is the battle you guys fight. You never get easy problems, you only get hard problems. And I think it gives us all hope. Exactly. If you guys can slug it through the kind of crazy things that your customers drop it on, the rest of us have a chance to keep stuff alive. <laughs> 
I love hearing you say that. <laughs> no, but it, it, and it, it's true in a certain way, right? Because we're basically left with the hardest problem. Sure. And we're la- like the last resort. So they call us whenever everything else they tried didn't work. And yeah, so the idea was whenever I get called to clients, if they have a problem, right? You, you take like that five hours mm-hmm. flight, you get there and chances are they're not going to even allow you in the environment. They're just going to tell you, you know what? We've got strict policy. John here is going to guide you through the environment. Just ask John to click wherever he needs to and you need to figure out what the problem is without ever touching a keyboard or a mouse, <laughs> not having your own tools. Yes. And, and that's the reality, right? And wow. most of the times, like, you'll, you'll be sent to the other end of the continent trying to figure out a problem with, let's say, a web service that's not responding, and you can't even use tools like Fiddler or Saron because it's company policy that doesn't let you install it. Right. So the idea was, how about, before I jump on that plane, I'm able to send them something that they can run, be it a script, being a tool, whatever, that would extract the desired state configuration that represents what their environment is. From a configuration perspective, let's be clear on that. It doesn't... You're not taking their data. You're not taking any software. Yeah, it doesn't touch the data at all. Exactly. Right. But just an image of the configuration. That's a really cool strategy and a very different way of thinking about This is not about backing the DSC. This is about you being able to get a snapshot of the state of a machine that's in trouble. Absolutely. So while I'm on the plane, I've got my local IPv running. That's actually rebuilding as close as possible copy of their environment right. using my own set of tools that I control. So when I get on site, I already have a pretty good idea of what their environment looks like, and I can troubleshoot alongside with them. Right. So you can still comply with their requirement to essentially not touch their machines directly because you have a model of what their machines are that you are allowed to touch and explore so that you can give some hints and help direct into trying to solve a problem. Exactly. That's really neat. Right. So that's the whole point of reverse DC. And we're not capturing any information related to service account and so on, right? No, and you don't need any of that, really. No, no, exactly, right? So that's the thing. All you need to know is what service is where account is running where. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the credentials are, as long as the permissions are the same, but you don't care what the actual account is. Sure. And now when I think SharePoint, I think, of course, you would come up with a solution like this around SharePoint, because there's so many different roles in any given SharePoint installation configured in different ways. That, you know, just starting with, so where does the data live? What does the web service side look like? Like, where are all these pieces? That alone, you could kill a whole day just starting to understand that. Yeah, absolutely, right? And how often do you get to a customer and they don't even know what their configuration looks like? Sure. So even if it's just from a documentation perspective, being able to list all the services that are running with what service account, what servers have, what patches installed on it. Reverse DSC does it all, right? Of course, it's not magic. It's basically just leveraging the, the power of DSC, right? DSC is all about basically, so the goal of DSC is bringing the current state of any machine to be equal to the desired state. Right. That's the goal. That's all. Right. But how can you know if the machine is in the desired state without knowing what the current state is? Right. And that's what reverse DSC is all about. And we, we keep mentioning SharePoint since the beginning, but really that thing is technology agnostic in a certain way, right? Any resource that you have in DSC, always implements three methods, the get, the test, the set. Right. So the local configuration manager, which is the component that runs DSC on the servers, by default will check every 15 minutes to see if the current machine is in its desired state. And the way it does that, it calls the test method, right? Test method needs to have two bits of information. What's the current state and what is the desired state? Right. The desired state already is in memory, so it calls the get target resource. And that's where the magic of reverse DSC lies, right? It's the, that get target resource method is going to return you an exact picture 
of how that component is currently configured on the machine. You're using the DSC libraries then to just simply get all the information. We are, exactly. We're leveraging what's there, right? So reverse DSC is only as good as the, what I would call the forward DSC is. Right. Right. So we're just calling into the get target resource. There's nothing magic there. I mean, it's simple logic, right? But it's just reusing what's currently out there. So my guess then is the magic is knowing what to get. Exactly. (laughs) And this is where we introduce the concept of an orchestrator script, right? So, of course, Reverse DC, as I said, is technology agnostic, but I mean, you need to know what SharePoint is all about in order to be able to extract SharePoint components. So we get into the idea of creating those orchestrator scripts, which are technology specific compared to Reverse DC. So, for example, if we take a look at the AD reverse DSC component that we have, so the orchestrator script, in order to extract information about a certain AD user, for example, it needs to know what the, the domain and the username is. Right. So you need those primary keys. It's basically just like querying a SQL database, right? So you need to be able to know what the primary keys are going to be. You query that with the get target resource and get target resource will take care of returning you all the other bits of information you're missing, like the city, the office, what's the middle name for that user and so on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now it makes total sense. And of course you need AD, but when I think about all the bits you need to make to actually evaluate a SharePoint configuration, you're going to care about AD, you're going to care about a data store, so probably SQL Server, you're going to care about a web configuration of some kind, like there's all of these pieces that then can easily be applied to the other related products. Oh, yeah. And then you you have other components like Office Online Server, Workflow yes. Managers, right? It is a complex piece of software, yeah. for sure. Just the SharePoint DSC module that we have, I think we're up, so version 2.0, which is going to be released in a few months, is up to 111 resources within it. Wow. Right? That's just for the SharePoint components. And then you add on top of that the web administration for IIS, the SQL Server, which is another probably around 40 resources. So, yes. It is a lot of moving targets. It's a complex piece of software, but it's something that's been asked uh, from the community forever. Now, the way you describe this reminds me of the Microsoft Assessment and Planning Toolkit, the Map Kit. That that was uh, that was another tool you can get from Microsoft, where that you know you literally just give it an administrator account, let it loose on a network, and it maps out what's out there. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So it, it does the inventory in a certain way as well, mm-hmm. right? So if you want to use it just for documentation purpose, that's definitely one of the scenarios we're supporting. The other thing is when people think about DSC, unfortunately, they only think about configuring something. Right. So you have a plain vanilla machine and you want to set up an environment. Right. However, DSC, while it's powerful at configuring stuff, it's also amazingly good at monitoring stuff once it's been configured. Right. Right. So once you have it in that desired state, you can have DSC basically log every configuration drift or attempt to repair itself. This is where reverse DC makes a lot of sense as well. Another scenario we support is be able to onboard. The idea of being able to reverse DSC in existing environments, right? So you already have an environment that you build using your own set of what I would call sequential PowerShell scripts. So you have your environment built, and what you want to do is just leverage the DSC power to be able to monitor that environment. Right. So the scenario is, you run reverse DSC, basically asking the environment, tell me how you're currently configured. Get that configuration back and send it right back at the server and say, by the way, that current configuration has now become your desired configuration. Right. So from now on, any configuration drifts that you detect, report it in the logs or attempt to configure yourself back into that desired state. So it's the idea of onboarding an existing environment. And you said setting up with PowerShell, but I presume if I had GUI'd my way through a configuration, same outcome. Same thing. It would be the exact same thing. 
So, and I think that's part of the challenge for a lot of people trying to get into DSC is this, I have to map out what my configuration is into DSC in the first place. So the fact that I've already got a machine configured that I genuinely happy with, and you can take a snapshot of it and then say, okay, I'm going to keep it like that for you. That's really powerful. Oh, absolutely, right? So one of the the big clients I am dealing with right now, they have an on-premises environment that they manage through the GUI. So they built it using the, the interface entirely, no PowerShell whatsoever. Right. And they want to have copies of that environment for their developers to run in Azure. So what we're doing is we're running reverse DSC on that on-premise environment, pushing it up to Azure Automation, creating hundreds of replicas of that server, no Snowflake servers because it's all based on that DSC configuration. Right. So they're all the same. And on a monthly basis, they may make modifications to the on-premise copy. And then what they do, they do another reverse DSC extract, just re-upload it to that Azure Automation Pool server and automatically the 100 dev VMs we'll all get the new bits. Nice. Right? So it's that idea of keeping all the dev environments in sync with what production is going to look like. What does the reverse DSC actually create? Is this a text file that it pulls out that is a summary of the configuration of a machine? So it will do two things, right? So it will actually create, so you'll get your PS1, which is your configuration template, Mm -hmm. but there's no data in there. For example, there's no product key. Right. There's no service account names. Nothing there. And then you have another file, which is called the configuration data, which is a PSD1 that contains all your information. So the idea is if you extract production, for example, because, again, I've got so many clients that are using it right now to create a QA or dev environment based out of their production environment because they have no QA whatsoever. So they reverse DSC production. And then all they need to do is modify that PSD one, change the domain name, for example, change some service account, and that's it. So the actual configuration stays the same. So it's this idea of having the data abstracted from the actual configuration. And all they're doing is reading from production servers. They're not changing anything on the production server, just getting the data from it. Absolutely not. Yeah, you're right. And is this just a PowerShell script? Do I not have to install anything on those production servers? I can run it remotely? So you can run it remotely, absolutely. Right now, Reverse DSC is on the PowerShell gallery, so you can go install script for SharePoint, for example. You'd go install script SharePoint DSC.reverse. We have one for IIS, SQL, Active Directory, files and registry. So we're actually building, we're increasing the amount of Reverse DSC orchestrator scripts we have, but they're all available on the gallery as well as on GitHub, just like any of the DSC modules that we produce. Nice. Everything is open source. And Nick, give me one moment here to pay the bills. Desired state configuration is awesome for servers, but even Jeffrey Snover himself explains that DSC's design center and scenarios are not for managing Windows clients. In other words, what's the best way to manage your Windows clients? With group policy and MDM, of course, with the added superpowers of Policy Pack. Configure and lock down settings for browsers in Java, elevate user rights when needed, and manage the heck out of the Windows 10 start menu. If you haven't looked at Policy Pack and you manage more than 20 domain joined and or non-domain joined machines, then you're missing out. Check out Policy Pack at policypack.com for real-world problem-solving demos, plus a way for you to try it yourself. Policy Pack software, securing your standards. And you're listening to Run As Radio. I'm your host, Richard Campbell, talking to Nick Charlebois, a PFE out of Gatineau, Quebec, talking about reverse DSC. So this is in the PowerShell gallery, and I'll include a link in the show notes for it. But it's a it's an open source project. 
Yeah, it is. And I mean, just like everything else we're producing right now in the DSC world, sure. everything is put on GitHub. So you can go right now, GitHub slash Microsoft slash reverse DSC, and you're going to get access to the entire module. So that's actually a good point you touch on, Richard, is we encourage people to go and contribute for the repository. Make your changes, make improvements, submit it back. We're actually going to be, we have a dedicated team for every technology stack that are looking at all the issues on a daily basis and making continuous improvements. How many folks are working on this? So we got about, I'd say, a dozen PFEs around the globe, I'd say. We got also some of the PGs that are making recommendations on some of the stuff we do. So I'd say about, yeah, give or take 20 people. Interesting. I know the PFEs stick together. Like you always share notes and techniques and things. But I've always wondered how often you are able to reach into the product teams as well, because you guys are always in the field. We are. We are. But there's currently a lot of interest uh, with what we're doing around reverse DSC, right? Um, just that idea of all the doors it opens, right? Think about the scenario where you're testing your actual DSC resource. And right. just to be fair, most of the bugs we've identified in the SharePoint DSC, the forward one, the, the default module, came with some tests we did with reverse DSC. So just that idea of being able to do uh, like a full circle testing where you start with a plain vanilla environment, you write a DSC script from scratch. You deploy that environment. Once the environment has been deployed, you reverse DSC it and you compare the input and the output to make right. sure they're the same, right? Just validate that the module does what it's supposed to do. Just that, right? So lots of interest from a, an Azure automation perspective as well regarding that. And I could see where making one change in one place on a system might kick off a separate process that makes other changes in the system you're just not aware of. Yeah, that that is a uh, one of the scenarios, right? And that's always one of the challenges with uh, DSC, right? If DSC is really powerful, but I, I always use the apply and autocorrect with some caution, let's say, right? The uh, For example, the, the case where you're dealing with data, I've seen uh, customers just deploy the LCM set apply and autocorrect and they have some users that go in do some spring cleaning of the data and next thing they know 15 minutes after everything is back to normal going back to the example of a SharePoint site for example let's say you deploy your entire infrastructure down to the web level and users detect that you know what, a month after it's been deployed, that site has not been used. They delete the web application or the website, and within 15 minutes, DSC attempts to recreate it. <laughs> so they're back to square one, and they don't know what happened. So that, you always need to know what you're doing, that's for sure, sure. Right? especially when it comes to dealing with data. Now, and it, I think it's a really interesting effect, right, is that the machine is actively resisting you. No, no, you told me I was supposed to be like that. I know you said delete this, but that's not the configuration I've got. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've seen that happen way too often, actually. And that's one of the changes that's supposed to be coming down the pipe with the new version of DSC right now, that DSC is going to be decoupled from the Windows management framework, is that ability of setting, you know what, all the way down to, let's say, the web application. I want the LCM to do apply and autocorrect, but from site collection level down, I want it to be apply and monitor. Right now, that's not something we have. It's all or nothing. Nice. So we're going to have that option of breaking it down into different uh, configuration modes. And I do like it being fully bi-directional. I, I think there's always been a challenge with DSC being something that has been added to Windows rather than core to Windows. And bi-directionality makes it feel more core. Yes, absolutely. It does. Yeah, this gets, gets into the fundamentals of just, just how things operate now. And you've hit on a good point as well earlier when you said that there's a significant learning curve to get started, right? Sure. I remember back in 2014 when I first started, I read a bunch of articles, decided to finally kick the tires, sat in front of my computers, and within two minutes, I hit a wall, right? So how do you get started? Well, 
just so you already have a technology investment in your enterprise or organization somewhere, mm-hmm. why not start with getting a snapshot of what that environment looks like in DSC by running reverse DSC and then use that to actually do self-learning, right? Modify some stuff in there, try to replicate it. So that's actually a great starting point if you want to jump into DSC. Another side project I'm working on right now is something we currently call Visual DSC, which is a Visio add-on that sits on top of Visio and that allows you to go in and create diagrams that would be exported into DSC resource or DSC configuration scripts. For example, let's say you have an AD environment. So you would have an AD stencil in the stencil, you would have a shape that would represent every resources in that module. So an AD user, an AD group, whatever else is in that module, you drag and drop it. The data panel will expose all the properties from it. Neat. And then you can export that into a DSC configuration script. The opposite is also true. You can import an existing DSC configuration script and have Visio take care of drawing that environment. All the connectors in Visio will be based on the dependencies from DSC. So for example, you run reverse DSC against your existing existing SharePoint farm, get that configuration that might be hundreds of lines, sure. open Visio, and then map that diagram, which will list all the web applications that you have, all the service accounts and everything in a visual fashion. You can then make modifications from it and then export it back as a DSC configuration script. I'm really focusing on trying to make it as easy as possible for people to jump on board for DSC. We'll talk about a great way to build a, a detailed application infrastructure map. You know, I, exactly. I, I know a ton of people who spend a lot of time in tools like Visio trying to create visual representation of this is what your application context actually is, is what it runs in. Yeah, no, absolutely, right? And I think starting with the visual is always, some, first off, it's something that senior management tends to appreciate a lot sure. more than just like a list of all the services that are running. But it's also a way for you to be able to make modifications to your environment in a visual fashion. I've got clients that have built by themselves, not using reverse DSC, a full multi-server environment that is probably about 100,000 lines of DSC code. Oh, man. How do you make a modification there, right? How do you keep that in a way that's going to be maintainable in the future. That's always a challenge as well. Well, and you get into this conversation, and I've certainly been talking in the context of PowerShell about this all the time, about at what point do you acknowledge that those DSC scripts are source code and need to be checked in, need to to be version monitored and, and treated the same way that any source code would so that it can be reused, rolled back, changed track. It becomes apparent to me that the, this is the future for all of us in IT. Absolutely, right? So to your point, the idea would be now, instead of going in the application and making a change through the interface, you make your change through the DSC script right. and you check it back in to your source control. And this is how you actually make your configuration change management as you change the code itself. So it's infrastructure as code, make your modifications there, and then make sure that you're always applying the latest versions. One of the things we're working on right now for future versions of reverse DSC is being able also to extract ARM templates that would represent the environment. So for example, your production server right now has 8 gig of RAM, solid state drive. Well, what does that represent in an Azure VM, for example? Right. So when you reverse the ACDA environment, also be able to extract the ARM template. So you check everything in. So you've got the Azure Resource Manager that will take care of your actual infrastructure, and you've got your DSC that's going to be your configuration as code. So you've got your entire environment 
in files that you would check in your source control from now on, right? This is really, really powerful. And as you said, I think this is the future of where we're going in the industry. And what a cool approach to doing migration where I could use reverse DSC to basically help me spec out what my on-premise configuration would look like in Azure with the Azure Resource Manager. Yeah, true story. About a month ago, we had a customers of ours coming up and saying, would you be able to do proof concept for a migration to the 2016 Office Suite? like SharePoint server and everything else. Right. Would you be able to do that? Sure enough, we actually sat down with the customer, did a reverse DSC of their environment, grabbed that code, simply pointed, and it was a 2013 environment, right. pointed it to the 2016 binaries, pushed that to Azure, and the same afternoon, within four hours, we were sitting in a boardroom with their senior leadership team and showing them what the environment looks like in 2016. The exact same configuration. And it's running in 2016 on Azure. Exactly. So from on-premise to Azure within a few clicks. And was that Azure VMs or was that Office 365? It was Azure VMs. Okay. Yes, we don't support Office 365 right now, unfortunately. Yet. Yet. Say yet, Nick. Yes, it is yet. It yeah. is yet. Because you know what? That's the next step, really. That's the next logical step. <laughs> well, and this is one of the cool parts. When I, I've certainly had this experience that once we were running the VMs in the cloud, so that it was just not a big deal to make more copies during testing periods... Like it's kind of, it's a big deal when it's your constrained infrastructure in your server closet and you're going to pair the performance of current work while you're doing these tests. That just doesn't happen in Azure. Yeah. So the, the idea that we could have a copy of an existing on-premise environment running in the cloud and then experiment with migrations to Office 365 and just know we're not threatening anything remotely close to production. We're not even impacting our production environments because we're not running there. And we could shut it all off and pay the few dollars for the few hours that we ran it and be done. Not a big deal. Yeah, exactly. So it just, it opens the door. That's definitely the future of IT right there. Yeah, that mindset of, okay, well, let's make another copy of that of that environment. Bonk, meaning we'll go get some coffee while this happens because it'll take a few minutes to light up that much stuff. But then to be able to really run the experiment repeatedly, I mean, you think about it. When I first played with virtual machines 20 years ago, that's what they were for, for doing testing of installations of software into existing workstations. You know, back in DLL hell and all those wonderful times where it's like, if I install this, will it mangle something else? Well, here's a standard configured workstation VM. Install it. Okay, it mangled it. Go revert back to the configuration before, make some tweaks to your installation, try it again. It was impressive then, but you think about what we're describing now. It's the same thing, just so much larger. No, exactly right. And we're working on something right now so that every time a pull request on GitHub will get merged with the main branch. And I'm talking the, the forward DSC module, right? right? So let's take an example of SQL Server DSC. Somebody checks something in. That's actually, through the webhook, going to trigger a, an action which will initiate a deployment of an entire resource group in Azure, spin off a VM, deploy a test script with SQL Server, run reverse DSC on it, and compare the input-output. doesn't matter what the output is. Kill the servers and then compare the output. Nice. So that will actually automatically spin off all the environment and automate your tests from a commit in GitHub, right? Right. That idea of being able to spin off that infrastructure, sure, it's going to take maybe a few minutes, maybe 20 minutes to spin off that environment. But being able to automate everything from the ground up and just delete the servers once you're done... Like that idea of being able to do continuous integration is just amazing. Continuous integration of infrastructure. That stuns me. Exactly. But that's what you're really describing. Yeah. And knowing immediately, 
you now have an automated test environment for your infrastructure changes and can catch those independently of any software developments going on as well and then roll them into production as necessary and know you can get back if a different problem is introduced. Absolutely. It's really cool, man. Like, it started out me thinking, wow, okay, we finally got that thing with DSC that everybody said we weren't going to do. And now it's like, no, I think we're actually talking about the future of continuously integrated infrastructure. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that, yeah, so the focus was not for that in the beginnings, but it's definitely something that opens so many doors, right? There's probably other possibilities that we just haven't thought of right now, right? Well, you think, I think about the gamut we've already run through. Creating a copy of an existing environment for troubleshooting, your day job, essentially. You know, actually studying configurations aside, is this a good configuration? You know, are we, do we have best practices without giving people access to the whole thing? Like, you can snap a copy of my configuration and give me an assessment right away on, is this actually a good design? Are we happy with this? Yeah, absolutely. Migration to the cloud, migration to a new environment, period, even if it's all on-prem. Migration between versions. All of these things better serve by being able to snap with reverse DSC. And documentation. Documentation, but as you said, right, with that documentation, you can actually run best practice analysis tools on it right. and go back to the client and say, you know what, like that service there, is, it's not recommended that you run it on that server sure. just by looking at the DSC and being able to, yeah, so replicate it and that, that full circle testing thing as well, right? Being able to have a script, spin off the environment and then reverse DSC it and compare the input and the output yeah. just to test that DSC module that's in the middle is priceless. It's really, really useful. Did we build what we actually thought we'd build? Did the software we told to configure a certain way actually configure the way we thought it would configure? Exactly. That's two things. And I, and I totally bet you with the visualization side, I can't tell you how many times a visualization of a network has showed us, here are single points of failure, here are our security risks. Once you can see it you know, on a screen or on a big piece of paper, on a whiteboard, those kinds of things sort of pop out. Yeah, and that's what we've heard from tons of clients as well. Really interesting. Well. I'm blown away, Nick. Super exciting. Just another part of this ingredient of having that DevOps cycle apply to everybody that works on getting services out to customers, that we can we can update our infrastructure the same way, be just as confident in changes as the developers are, and know we can get back to a consistent state if we do have problems. And just one last thing before we end this interview is going back to the reverse DSC idea of it being technology agnostic. That runs on Linux as well. PowerShell is on Linux. Sure, of course it is. That reverse DSC thing, you can, you can reverse it, engineer your Linux environments using that. As long as the resource itself, the module, the forward one is good, reverse DSC is going to be just as good. And the code that's in GitHub, if I want to make contribution, this is all PowerShell? It is. Everything is PowerShell. Right. So, of course, it's cross-platform. Not a big deal. That's really cool. So, Nick, where can folks learn more about Reverse DSC and uh, all the cool things you guys are working on? That's going to sound like shameless self-promotion, but you can go on my blog. I have tons of articles there, so you can go Nick Chalabois, N-I-K-T-H-A-R-L-E-B-O-I-S.com. Got tons of articles there. We actually registered me and my colleague, Brian Farnhill, from Australia. We recorded a Microsoft Virtual Academy session on how to get started with DSC for SharePoint. So I think it's about six modules. The first two ones are just a general introduction to DSC. Third one is DSC for SharePoint and Azure Automation. And then we jump into reverse DSC and best, just overall best practices for using DSC with SharePoint. So I recommend you guys go and check that out. So that's on the Microsoft Virtual Academy website. Awesome. I also have a Hey Scripting Guy blog post. By the way, Hey Scripting Guy is back in business. 
So I strongly encourage you guys monitor that blog. There's an article that introduces the concept of reverse DSC on there. Well, that's where I heard about you. I've always watched the blog, even when those guys retired. Nick, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really a pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Thanks, Richard. And we'll talk to you next time on Run As Radio. Mm-hmm.